you do why see you've met my faithful handyman <laughs> he's just a little brought down because when you knocked he thought you were the candy man don't be strung out don't get strung out <laughs> Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just your sweet transvestite. Sweet transvestite. Transsexual Transylvania. Hey, everybody. Hey! I am your crazy scientist, transsexual doctor who builds muscly men, Zenobia. Ooh. And I'm just your run-of-the-mill groupie, loving to have some fun, help out wherever they can, hanging out with aliens and such. Lenny! <laughs> and here on Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. That's the first time we said it. <laughs> first time we said what? Lights, Camera, Cocktails tonight. You jumped right into introductions. Oh, yes? It was cute. Doing it. Doing it. Thank you. We pair amazing cocktails, cocktails. with... Amazing movies. Movies. And tonight is no different, y'all. So in honor of Pride Month, we are doing our second Pride movie, which yeah. I can't believe we haven't done it at all. I was really surprised that this was a, a, a conversation that came up that you had not done this movie yet. I was very surprised. I'm not going to lie. It was on the list. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like it wasn't going to get done. It was definitely on the list. <laughs> and here it is. In all and all its here glory, it is. we're doing yep. the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's the late night. Yup. Double feature. Double feature. <laughs> In the back row. Yes, we are, girls. Rocky Horror Picture uh -huh. Show. But I don't know about you, girl. It is hot as hell. Summer is made its way to Southern California. I am hot. If you hear wind, it's because I am fanning myself so I don't melt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'm ready to drink. Let's get this drink on then. I'm ready if you are. Born ready. We are drinking tonight, everybody. It's called The Time Warp. Let's do the time warp again. Yep. It's just a jump just to, a the jump to the left. To the left. And then a step to the right. Right. Put your hands on your hips. It's on your hips. You bring your knees in time. But it's the pelvic thrust. That really that really drives you insane. Let's do the Let's time, do warp, time again. warp again. So, I'm it's in. just two ounces of cranberry juice and then an ounce of Moscato. <laughs> <laughs> One ounce of kinky liqueur. Yeah. You top it off with blood orange soda. <laughs> And you serve it in a wine glass. Okay, actually, okay, seriously. Okay. <laughs> the time like, tell, the, tell the girls how to do this. Yeah. So get out your wine glass. We're serving it in a wine glass, people. And then you put in two ounces of cranberry juice, 
one ounce of your Moscato Diosti, one ounce of Kinky Liqueur, which is a really delicious passion fruit, yeah. blood orange liqueur. I'm really loving this, especially going into the summer. Yeah, this is going to be, and it wasn't that expensive. This bottle is like 20 bucks, so cool. I will definitely. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to add it to like everything, lemonade, like a pink lemonade or something. Anyways. Ooh. I know. So then you're going to do one ounce of your kinky liqueur, then top it off with a blood orange soda. I was unable to find a blood orange soda, unfortunately. So I'm just doing a club soda with a little bit of spritz. And then you top it off. And I found at the really cute candy novelty store some waxed lips. <laughs> she, she sure did. And it's really fucking cute, y'all. It looks like, super really cute. cute. I have mine. Yeah. I went in the cabinet and I found this really big champagne flute. This thing's huge. And that's what that I'm thing drinking. is very big. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm drinking wow. out of. I did find the blood orange soda, but you don't have to. You can, nice. if you have blood orange something. Yeah, I yeah. think that I like the fact that I'm just doing regular club soda because I I was I'm a little worried with all the different flavors that it's going to be a very sweet drink and you know how your girl can't handle a very sweet drink we all remember the blue carousel night of horrors you guys she won't let me put blue carousel <laughs> anything real. else ever again nope <laughs> that that is officially banned from the show which it's funny because I'm the one that suggested that that we was put your in drink. T-Rex drink. Yeah. And I have regrets from that night and days after. No regrets, so, girl. That is the time warp. Do you feel time warped? Are you ready? Ready Let's to do sit? It again. I'm ready. All right, here we are. Cheers. Love you. Cheers. See, I like it. I'm gonna say it's not too sweet. It's not. It really isn't. We're using like all of the stuff I thought it was going to be sweeter than it was, but not too bad. Mm-mm. Not too bad. If not too bad anything, at all. I want to like my next one. I'm going to try it with only one ounce of cranberry juice, and then I'm going to do one ounce of white rum in there too. Just give me a little more buzz. Ooh, I dig it. It's a little harder, a little dirtier. Yeah, so we will. I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> All right, I'll do it too. I have a little. I have a little white rum. Maybe I'll okay, make a little no. spiced up. Let's do it. So, are you ready for a little bit of her story? Oh my god, educate me, please. Oh, girl. Oh, oh. So you are drinking the beautiful Moscato this evening. How do you like it? What do you think of it? What are you thinking? Oh, I am a Moscato fan. It is a sweet. You are. Yeah, you know, it's sweeter. It's like day drinking wine. You could throw it in like a spritz mm-hmm. if you wanted to, if it's too sweet for you. I am a fan. Like, so I have no problem with that. Beautiful. I love it. Well, here we go, because I did a little bit of history on our friend, the Moscato here. Are you ready? Yay! Let's okay. go for it. So, the Moscato is actually the Italian word for the Muscat grape. Now, this grape has been around for over 800 years. This family in Italy, it's in this beautiful northern northern west region of Italy called Piedmont. It's around that area where they also highly grow the grape, the Nebbiolo, which is a darker red. So it's interesting that a dark red rich grape would grow around the same region as these nice, sweet, small, beautiful grapes. There's over 200 different grape variants of the Muscat grape. So that's why you're going to see different types of Moscato out there, but really it's all just one Italian family's vineyard lineage of 800 years. 
That is a true Moscato right there. Okay, so if it is grown here in California, it's not a true Moscato, it's like champagne? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So... The Moscato itself comes from the noblest of families that has cultivated these grapes for over 800 years. You're going to notice right now that there's a big boom going around that everybody is drinking Moscato. I'm predicting it. This is going to be the summer drink. Everyone is going to be zesting it up, making spritzers, making really fun uh, spins on all these different drinks. So you're hearing it from us now. I don't want to hear everyone later being like, how did I not know about this? I'm telling you, Moscato is where it's going to be at. (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) one of the biggest and most uh important of the great variants which you're going to see a lot of is the muscat blanc appetit grains that is the grape that you're going to most likely see in stores right now what i'm featuring tonight is the moscato de sade which is the sparkling which is one of the most recent of the Moscato family, the Muscat grapes. And I think it has a really, the aromics for me personally is what really does it for the drink. For Well, just if you smell it on its own. Not, the, not this drink, just the drink of Moscato itself. Okay. You smell so much more variance within it. There's a nice, you'll get the aroma notes of like coffee and then fruitcake and then raisins and then toffee all of a sudden. It's it's a very wide variety range of smells that come off of the Muscat. And that's what fortif- makes it such a beautiful Italian fortified wine. And I think it's really refreshing. I love that we're doing a little spin on it. This is inspired definitely by bartender in, I believe it was the Cleveland area. They had yeah. posted about this kinky liqueur and I was like okay we gotta try it because it says on the bottle naughty so I was like yes please and we never really drank Moscato on the show so we are definitely being naughty Mm -hmm. we haven't I am drinking Stella Rosa Moscato Ooh, that's pretty so that's pretty good I also bought some soda water so I'm gonna make me some wine spritzes tomorrow that's what I'm saying I mean it just never really goes out of style for sure Mm -hmm. And that's a little history on the Moscato. Yes. I love it. I'm going to give you a good. I love it. That was a good one. We're getting a little kinky. We're getting a little boozy. We're getting a little kinky. Well, I'm ready, though. Mm -hmm. Now that I have this drink and I have my history, you know what I'm ready for. Are you ready? I'm ready. For the motherfucking Drinking, drinking game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so if you all know the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I truly and honestly believe that a bunch of our listeners are true fans of all things that are cinema, then you will know that Rocky Horror Picture Show is the first and only true audience participant with anticipation. Patient. Ooh, girl, you got me. Movie. Ow. I see you quivering. <laughs> oh, I see you quivering, baby. Um, honestly, what's really wonderful about this film, as most of us know, is that this film is very theatrical. When you see it at the midnight showing of most theaters, it's 
audience participation always. You're going to have cast members there that will shadow cast, which means that they dress up in the costumes and act out the entire film that is shown. Mm-hmm. Audience has a massive participation, not just about shouting lines. I mean, I, let me go back. Uh, audience have a majority participation in this show when it's being watched in theater you'll have props that you would throw about during the actual film itself you also have lines people will shout out little hysterical hilarious insulting lines to the cast members or there will be actual retort back and forth between audience members and the actors on the film which makes it very you know fun and playful to be a part of (laughs) so Just to give you an idea, I'm not going to go too much into detail about it, because if anyone hasn't done it already, you need to go to a midnight showing of this Rocky Horror Picture Show. It is an event. It is an experience. And we'll talk about ours personal in just a little bit. And let them know that it's your very first time so that they can give you your your V on your forehead because you're a virgin. (laughs) Because you're a virgin. So what they would mainly give you, they either would make you your own little baggie when you get there, or you would have to bring yourself. The prop list would be playing cards, toilet paper, rubber gloves, a party hat, a little bell, confetti, newspaper, water pistols, flashlights, and noisemakers. Yep, yep. I'm pretty, that's all of them. That's all of it, baby. And those would be intricate in the film itself. Like when it's raining outside and Janet and Brad are running to the mansion, you know, they put the newspapers on over their heads. That's when you would pull out your newspaper and you would wear it. And then the squirt guns would be the water that flies up into the air. Now, I know that most of us don't want to do that in our own home, and it's different when we're in a theater and we make those people clean it up. Sorry. I've been one of those people, so I I can say that. I have that. not I've been one of those people for the show, for this particular show, but I've definitely been, cleaned up theaters after people, so I understand. I have definitely been that person, so I am not afraid to do it in a theater, but at home. But if you're going to vacuum or mop the next day, you know, yeah. I say do it. <laughs> That, exactly. So that's why I changed it up a little bit to change our drinking game. But those are just an idea of the prop list that you would definitely have going into a showing. Also, just another thing is that they would shout out the hilarious lines. So whenever Brad would come on the, the scene and they would say Brad or you would see Brad, you would shout out asshole. asshole. When Janet shows up, and I liked this because I was actually having a conversation about this with the Zenobia, is that in tradition, whenever Janet comes on, you would yell slut. Yep. Now, as a modern woman in this society, I'm just like, well, everyone's a slut, though. <laughs> like, it's not just Janet. Yeah. So yeah. I actually did a, a deep research and checked down other people that like to watch this movie because I was like, what do we do exactly? Because I want to be respectful. I also want to be respectful to traditions as well as respectful to what is happening now and what's modern. And what I found really clever is a person had made the distinction that they would shout before she sleeps with everyone, she's not a slut yet, but give her yeah. a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is really cute. And then afterwards, when both Brad and her have sex, that you continually call them both sluts. It's not just Janet. Yes. You also call Brad a slut. You forget asshole and you just call him a slut now. So I think that that's what we're going to add in in, in the drinking game. So let's go through the drinking game. I agree with all of that. And I also mm-hmm. think that in the world, in the community of Rocky Horror, you can be whatever you want to be and it, you're not going to be judged for it. So you can be a slut, you can be an asshole, and you can be a transvestite, and none of it's going to fucking matter because in the Rocky Horror Picture Show world, we are all, like, family. Like, so I personally don't take the slut thing seriously. That's the best part. 
Exactly. So I just wanted to say that. There is always, what I really do appreciate, though, is that the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the standard go-to guide also specifies the, like, etiquette, theater etiquette that is required when you go into the shows. It has become way more way more specific on its rules, especially because people, have, it's becoming more modern and more... What, 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 more popular to go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, it was. It was getting that way. So there are, like, beautiful standard rules that go into the etiquette that is. And it's, it does. It's, we all accept each other. We love each other. There's no making fun of anyone in their costume, nope. whether it's beautiful or whether it's, you know, a piece of cardboard. Like, we're all there to enjoy ourselves, to live our fantasies and have a great time and get drunk. So, <laughs> speaking of getting drunk, let's Ooh. get into this mother flurkin' drinking game! I'm ready, girl! I'm ready. Okay, so you are going to take a sip. Taking that sip. When Riff Raff and Magenta have their elbow sex. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I love that. Oh, I love it, too. I, it gets me so sexual. I, every single time I see it, I'm like, ah. It's alien sex. <laughs> That's what I always thought. It was I like know, an alien sex. I, I, I think it's too. awesome. I love it when, like, after everybody leaves the lab, they, like, look at each other and they're like, you want it? You ready to do it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do you it. You want it ready to do it? it. <laughs> and then they just like hold each other's hand and just walk off. Like you're like, fuck yeah. Just walk off. It's perfect. Yeah. So you are gonna take a sip. Taking that sip. Whenever Brad is called an asshole, which you will shout out, that is a part of the rule now. When you see Brad, you call her asshole. When you see Janet, you will say she's not a slut yet. Give her a chance. And then after they both have sex, you have to yell out slut to both of them. Yes. And then you have to take a drink every single time you say slut. Or you can do an alteration where whoever doesn't say slut has to say take a drink. Ooh, if you're with a crew, got you. Yeah, if you're deep in a crew. All right, you're going to take a sip. Mmm, sip in. Whenever Dr. Frank Enferter changes wardrobe. Ooh, I love his wardrobe change. I do too. <laughs> I love I where do, do. where they're all like st- in statues, and he's decorating them, and he's like wearing his like kimono yes. and his like face <laughs> his face moisturizer, and he's like, oh, oh, I love it. I'm like, yeah, look at you, get ready for the show, girl. <laughs> so good. So good. So you gonna take a sip? Simping. Whenever you see a motorcycle. Oh, I like that. She's like, when they're on the road and someone speeds by, and she's like, oh, my God. Gosh, that's the third motorcycle since passed us. Sure do take their lives in their hands. What with the weather, man? Yes, Janet, life's pretty cheap to that type. Take their lives in their hands driving in this weather. Mm-hmm. And when Eddie comes out of the fridge or whatever on the motorcycle. <laughs> Yes. I I love that song too. <laughs> so you're gonna take a sip. Mmm, sip. Every single time someone breaks out into song or dance. And dance and or dance. Ooh, so get ready for that. Cause there's quite I know quite a few songs in here. What is your favorite song? Uh I think that has to be one of my favorites. I mean, also, though, Double Feature Picture Show at the beginning is such a good fucking song as well. Such a good song. 
So I would say those two. I definitely want to say that, like, of the night. Creature of the night. Creature of the night. (laughs) Creature of the night. (laughs) I love it. Creature Creature of the the night. night. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, my favorite is probably the last song where Frankenfurter sings. Cause I see. Mm, It's beautiful. Oh. Blue skies through the tears in my eyes. And I realize I'm going home. It's so beautiful. It gives me chills just like hearing him sing it. Like I want someone to sing that at my funeral because it's such a beautiful song. It is such a, a telling song. It is. I love it. I love that. Obviously, I love the time warp. I can't, I can't get enough of that. Oh, um, I mean, who doesn't love the time warp? But I also in like just seven days. I can, I make can make you, you a man. man. I do love. Freddie does it. Said he didn't like a Teddy. You know he was a no good kid. And he took me alive with a fish face. What a guy makes you cry. Und I did. <laughs> That's so good. That's my jam. I like that song. Oh, I love that. There's there's right pro- there's no song on here I don't love. I pretty much love them all. They're all great. Right? Honestly, it's a great soundtrack uh, mm. written by Richard O'Brien, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. And it's catchy. It's funny. It keeps a flow of the show, but then also makes no sense, whatever. And you're like, what is that? I don't care. This is great. <laughs> yep. Like, honestly, listening to it as a young kid and listening to it as an adult, I'm always just like, I was saying some pretty raunchy shit at 16, and I love it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it for myself. So, you want to take a sip whenever someone sings or dances? Mm. And then you're going to take a sip. Sip, sip. Whenever Columbia says something sarcastic or shrieks. Oh, I love it. Everyone's like, oh, how do you, what do you think of Rocky? And they're like, he's a credit to your genius, Master. Yes. A triumph of your will. Yes. He's okay. He's not he's bad. He's not bad. Not she just look bad. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could do better than that. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. an honor to be invited to the doctor's lavatory or laboratory. I call it lavatory. I'm in a lavatory. Lab. Uh, <laughs> lavatory. And he's like, oh, have you ever been? She's like, I've already been. And she throws it at the clothes. She just throws her clothes. <laughs> I love her so much. So, yeah, you're going to take a sip. Take All right. You're going to finish your drink. Ooh, okay. Finishing. Whenever Dr. Frank kills Eddie. No. It's a big moment. He came out with there with the pick. Fucking chopped uh-huh. him down. Nah, 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 and it's so nah, epic, nah. too. It's so epic. Yep. And then, and Rocky's like into it. And yeah. Dr. Frank, Frankenfurter's like so pissed. He is so pissed. He is not playing. He is Just, not happy. No. He's getting outstaged right now. He's like, I thought I got rid of you. <laughs> And you're like, holy shit, this is about to happen. Yep, and you're going to finish your drink when it does. Ooh, okay. Ooh. You're going to finish your drink. Mmm, finish that drink. At the very end of Creature of the Night. Creature of the Night. (laughs) When it's the montage of everyone above her and you're like, 
Yes, get it, girl. This is amazing. I want you to yeah. chug that drink and have it finished by Picture of the Night. Ooh, okay. I can do that. And then you're going to finish your drink when the spaceship takes off. Yep. Flies into space. And flies into space, and Brad and Jenner are left there in the lights of it, and they're like, wow, was that real? Yes, it was. I guess so. Creature of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the motherfucking Mother drinking game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, well, that was, a, that was a great drinking game. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Hanty, are you ready? <laughs> she put these wax lips on, you guys. She looks fucking crazy. <laughs> you look crazy. I would never kiss you. You look scary. No. No. Yeah. Okay. It looks like I just got lip fillers. It did look like you had bad lip fillers. Is it good? Are you eating it? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> are you ready for the stats? Good work. <laughs> She's ready for the stats. She's chewing on her wax lips. Give me those stats, stats, stats. I want to hear those stats, stats, stats. I got to get those stats, stats, stats. Stab me up, baby. Stab me up, baby. Give me those stats. You're yes. Stats. Give me that stat. You're about to get statted up. All right. So, the movie, <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show, premiered September 26, 1975, baby. So, this is one of our... Wow. Uh, old movies this has you know came out around the mm-hmm. same time as like jaws you know the same year so put in perspective what... you were also born that year weren't you oh oh oh, 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 oh. i'm sorry i'm a little drunk <laughs> that's a fucked up shit no i was uh, not born in 1975 <laughs> i was not even close to born in 1975 and i resent that that's a up shit i'm gonna get you Got back some bitch. Shade, huh Mad shade. And you know what? This is Pride Month. We're not supposed to be throwing shade. We're supposed to be throwing love. Shade is for every other month. Mad shade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, 1975, which I was not born, you fucking bitch. And the budget for this movie was $1.2 million. So if he, wow. if they tried to make that movie today, that $1.2 million would be $5.9 million in 2021 monies. So still not that much. But no. not bad for like what they did. You could tell that it's they used everything they got. <laughs> they had to make it. Yeah, they used everything they could. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the profit for this movie is 113 million dollars so if you translate that into 2021 money that'd be 560 million dollars now this 113 million dollars is a collective number of what it has been since this movie has come out now this movie is the longest running movie in theaters in cinema history There's no movie that has been shown more in movie theaters than this movie all over the world. It wasn't coronavirus time right now. There would be way more theaters doing it. You know, there's some theaters that have been doing it since the 70s. And, you know, you see them pop up in every major, especially every major city. But definitely, 
out in the outskirts, yeah. they have their following. So this money is 113 million and growing. So just remember that. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So Rotten Tomatoes, critics, okay. 79%. Now I understand why they gave it a 79% because it is very low budget. It is very controversial, especially in the 70s, for them to be making a movie about this, like this. But it, it has its, its following. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you say about it. It has its following. Uh, a big following, too. A huge. Like I said, all over the world. Not just America and Europe. Like, all over the world. The audience score for this is 85%. They are better than the critics. But I don't think that this movie is for everybody. It's just not. But my ZZ Fresh is 100%. I love this movie from the moment that I saw it. I remember being like 15 or 16 and I was home and VH1 did this whole documentary special on the cult following of this movie and kind of how it was made and how it grew into being what we know now as Rocky Horror Picture Show and showed archive pictures and videos of people standing in lines outside of movie theaters and like mm -hmm. the Midwest wearing leather jackets and like fishnets. And so like it blew my mind and I remember thinking like, what uh. is this movie? Like, what is it? And immediately after the documentary, they showed the movie and I watched it and I was like, this movie's awesome. This uh. is pretty funny. I think it's great. I've uh. never heard of this ever in my life. Like, I asked my parents, I was like, did you guys, have you heard of Rocky Horror Picture Show? And they're like, yeah. People used to go out like for midnight showings and stuff all the time and blah, blah, blah. But like my parents are not, this definitely is mm -hmm. not up their alley, but they had heard of it. So by the time I went to school and I told yeah. all of my like cute little theater friends, like, you guys, I just saw this fucking movie. It's called Rocky Horror Picture Show and it was really good. And you know, we should like rent this and like you guys should come over. We should like watch it. So like my friends and I got together Aww. and we watched it and they all became diehard fans. And then like within a couple months after that, there was a stage performance of it in at oh. our uh, at UCR, University of California in Riverside. And it was a stage production. Okay. It was not a midnight showing, so we did not dress up. And we, like, went and had, like, a ball and had a good time. But the one time that I went to see it, and I thought that it was going to be the greatest midnight showing of my life, we went to San Bernardino College, and we went to a midnight showing. Me and my friends, we dressed up, and, like, we get there, and we're like, yeah! And we get inside, and nobody is dressed up. We buy our kits. Nobody still shows up. Like, we get there. We're watching it. People are doing stuff. We were the only ones that stood up and did the time warp. Like, it was the weirdest midnight showing you could possibly... It was so weird. We were the only ones dressed. We were the only ones dancing. We were the only ones, like, really into it. And everybody was just, like... Oh, my God. So basic. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, my God. 100%. What's my uh, Lenny Zest? The Lenny Zest, I would give it, I love this movie. I would honestly need 95%. Mm -hmm. There's obviously just a couple of things that, you know, haven't aged completely well, but it's absolutely perfect. I love this movie, honestly. I love the scenes. I love the characters. I love the soundtrack. I love everything about it. I will never forget the first time I saw it. 
my freshman year of high school. I had never seen it before. I just joined theater drama club. And I'll never forget, my friend Angelo Cernigli was like, you have to watch this movie. And I was like, okay. And we watched it, and it was awesome. Like, absolutely <laughs> amazing. Later, of course, he becomes my first ever gay boyfriend, which was awesome. <laughs> Actually, my one and only, I think. <laughs> I, we won't, <laughs> we don't know only. yet. We don't know, though. Only time will tell. still out on a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> so then we were all turning 16 together around the same time. Friend of mine's parents, who had a little bit more money than most of our parents, rented us a limo. I went to Victoria's Secret and got a really sexy corset, and I'd never done that before, and I was so excited. Got really super dressed up. We took this limo, weren't drinking or anything, show up to the midnight showing. It's insane. We're all basically virgins, so we all get fucked by a 12-foot dildo <laughs> on stage. <laughs> Everyone had to straddle it. It was amazing. Oh, wow. Uh, the whole shadow cast, oh, yeah, it was, they pull you up and everything. It's like, okay, like, hope you consent. And, like, just seriously took out this 12-foot dildo. It was amazing. And we wow. all had to jump over it. Yeah, and get fucked. We got fucked by a 12-foot dildo. Yeah, I mean, you had to purchase your prop boxes. And we settled in, had such a fantastic time. And then we ended up doing the time warp for our state competition and uh, for drama. And we did Ooh. it as our group musical entrance into the International Thespian Society's competition that year we did not get straight superiors which was unfortunate but you know we had a good time. <laughs> but yeah that's, that's my awful. little introduction to the rocky horror picture yeah. show i've been a couple of times <laughs> i love it so i just think it's really fun i think everyone should do it at least once in their life because it's definitely an experience and you meet a lot of really cool people a lot of different people so it. yeah it is a great so, thing i definitely say that if you have never gone to a live show or a film one where they a midnight show if you have never been to a midnight showing of rocky horror picture show do yourself a favor wait until the world is better and then go because it's something that you should definitely experience it is it's like nothing you've ever done and anything that's ever been done has been copied by this this is supposed to be known as one if not the first cult classic ever and it is also supposed to be known as the first movie to really hide easter eggs and when i say that i mean Mm -hmm. literal easter eggs so keep an eye out when you want look uh the only one that i have found is when riff raff is sitting on the throne if you look at like the bottom uh-huh. base of the throne you'll see a little egg that's sitting there a little easter egg for you ah the little easter egg the start of it all start of it all so yeah mm-hmm. and like i said this movie has continuously been played in movie theaters since 1975 and it's in the history books for being the longest running movie. There's like nothing. There's no movie that has been played longer. It's just insane to even think about that. But there's like no movie. <laughs> That's amazing, though. And then, I mean, nowadays they are trying to do it. Like I know that and we just did Point Break and Point Break is one of those films now that has adapted the shadow casting. I went to yep. one of them in San Francisco. We already talked about it. Uh, yeah. Last uh, segment when it was our crush month. <laughs> Yeah. So it's just really cool to see where this this is the cult, the midnight movie feature cult classic that really just started that whole idea of doing the shadow casting. And I love it. I love it so much. So before we start on the 
the movie, we need to talk about where this movie started. It started as a stage musical that was put together by Richard O'Brien, who plays Riff Raff in this movie. He wanted to do it just because he wanted to see if he could. And he was like an unemployed actor. And sometimes you have to write your own script to get your chance. And that's exactly what he did. And so in London in 1973, they did a stage version of it. And then the following year, it came out to Los Angeles in the Rock and the Roxy Theater. And it became a big hit. It had already a basis of followers that started coming to it. So they decided like, you know what, we should figure out how we're going to make this into a movie. They kind of retooled the script because the script is a little different. The stage script is a little different than the movie script. And things were added into this that weren't in the stage play to make it so that more people could want to be a part of it. A lot of the original stage cast is in this movie, including Tim Curry and Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn, and Meatloaf. Meatloaf shows up in the Los Angeles tour of it. He's one, but not of the, the original West End version. Not the original London version, no. But he is the he is in the version of the LA version when it came out here. So he's also, but he did not play Eddie. He played Doctor Scott. <laughs> Yeah, a funny thing about that while I'm thinking about it is that since he played Dr. Scott, he kind of had a problem with doing the whole drag and, you know, the gay stuff in it and wearing fishnets. So when he did the very first show and he saw how the crowd embraced it and loved it, he was like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And so at the very end, he would kick his legs up in the air and, you know, with his high heels and his fishnets. And so the Dr. Scott in this movie took that actually from Meatloaf. That's where that originated from. So yes. And the ensemble was completely original as well from the original piece. Yeah. And this and uh, Nell Campbell. Oh as yeah. Well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this movie mm-hmm. did not make money, girls. It is why it is a straight yeah. cult classic is because nobody wanted to come and see it. Nobody was there. Meatloaf like went to a premiere and it was empty. He was like the only person in there. Like it was the worst. It just took a while for <laughs> the world to realize that they needed Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's true. And oh boy, did everyone start coming around. They started coming around. But yes. I mean, I definitely want to jump in, of course, and talk about like the man of the hour, which is Tim Curry in this film. Tim Curry, for me, makes the movie itself, makes the show. As you said, he did West End. He did Broadway. He made this character. like Him and Richard O'Brien's relationship to create the, the character of Dr. Frankenfurter was honestly the most pinnacle point. I, you see him strutting around and just so confident and so beautiful. And that's just, that's what resonates so much with the audience that resonates so much with anyone that's ever seen this film critics whatever he does such a great job in those heels i have such no, a great job like you couldn't like i have no clue i would have no clue that he wasn't a drag queen because he really moves right? like, really good in it he does not move like a man who does not wear heels he literally walks like a woman a bitch who knows what she's doing like i love it even when he's like running exactly. up and down like the fucking shit you're like look at you mm-hmm. killing it 
<laughs> so he's gotten his... He really made an impact with his acting career in the theater in the West End. He's an English actor, so he was mainly seen in England first, of course. Got his really great reputation. He's a polyglot. He has an incredible range of doing so many different dialects. I personally love him. Uh, I think one recognizable for me is he's Toxic Love and Fern Gully. I love that yes. kind of He's such a great singer. He's got such a great voice. Clue is one of my go-tos always. I freaking love Clue. Which okay, we'll, one, I don't know if we've never done we, Have you guys done it on the show? Because I want to do that We have Halloween. not done it on the show. It is definitely one of my favorites. I love that movie. He is like one of my favorite people in that entire movie. I love it. We will definitely do him in Home Alone 2 next Christmas because I love him in Home that Alone too. Home Alone 2. He's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's incredible. A lot of people don't recognize it, but he's in the movie Legend. He's the devil in the whole makeup getup. So that was always a surprise for people that he was in that movie as well, which I love. And don't forget and that then, he is you know, the original Pennywise. Yep. He is the original Pennywise in It. We talked about that during the It movie, too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's in a ton of stuff. Charlie's Angels. He's super cute. He makes a little cameo. He hasn't really done a lot for a while. I feel like he's only making, like, tiny little appearances these days. He's really not taking on full characters. Well, that's... I remember him in Congo. He was in Congo. Yes! I love Congo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that movie. He is not but, in the best health at this moment in his life, so that is why we don't see him that much. Uh, I believe at the moment he is wheelchair bound after having a stroke. Yeah, he suffered a stroke in 2012, and he's been mainly doing voiceover work, which we can appreciate. I mean, he's got such a beautiful voice, and he still has such a way of, of delivering a line, for sure. I mean, voiceover work is nothing to frown upon. It is the only job in Hollywood no, that you can show up in your pajamas and you don't have to, like, get your face beat or none of that <laughs> shit. Like, it is great. You don't even have to leave your house sometimes. Sometimes you don't even have to leave your house. You just got to record it. So, I mean, he mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, we did see him uh, semi-recently. In the remake of this movie, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Let's Do the Time Warp Again, that came out in 2016, uh, starring LeVarne Cox mm-hmm. and Adam Lambert. Oh, he plays like a great Eddie. His voice is amazing. Like he has some of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful voices ever. And Tim Curry played the the narrator and... Uh, Chromologist. Chromologist, yeah. I think they, they're technically called. Well, that's what he is, and I think that's great that they still found a spot to put him in. That is not mm-hmm. my favorite. Sorry, Laverne Cox. Um, I was very excited to see a trans woman play a transvestite in this show, and it just not was not my favorite. But it is a good one, I would say, if you are a fan of it, uh, give it a watch. Did you see it? I did watch it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It, I mean, here again, I will say... Tim Curry is such a big part of this movie that it is, it's one of those things where you cannot fill those shoes, literally. Like, his shoes cannot be filled because he just does have such a presence. He does such a good job in this movie. It's so iconic for me that that, he is that character. That's just 
hands down. And what I super love is that when they were discussing it, Richard O'Brien and Tim Curry were discussing this character, obviously the character of the name, Frankenfurter, he was supposed to be German. The doctor was supposed to be actually German. And it wasn't that Tim Curry couldn't do the accent. He could do a German accent quite easily. But he says that one day he was on the bus... (laughs) <laughs> which is so funny to think of Tim Curry on the bus. You heard a lady <laughs> This on the is before bus he was Tim Curry, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he just was overhearing this woman's conversation with her friend. She had a very posh, very, like, rolled out, beautiful English accent, which he did as well, but hers was very, very... Uh, Prim and like he said. And he mm-hmm. said, that was it. That was the moment that I knew that Frankenfurter had to sound like the Queen of England. Like, <laughs> that was his goal, and that's all he wanted. And so he talked to Richard O'Brien, and he said, yep, you know what, do it. And that's how they started. That's how he got the character and the, and the accent of Dr. Frankenfurter. I do love I his accent. So cool. I do love his accent. I do too. It's very, uh, it's it's great. It's very fitting. He's the queen of Transylvania. probably talk about him when we watch Treasure Island, the Muppet Treasure Island film, oh, because yeah. I love him in that movie. <laughs> definitely Clue. I would like uh, to do Clue before Christmas. We will definitely be doing, yeah, we're doing Clue for Halloween, because it's a really spooky, fun thriller. Not really thriller, but everyone dies. Not everyone dies, <laughs> Not but a lot everybody. of people die. A lot of people die. <laughs> a lot of dead bodies. So we will come back to Tim Curry for sure. Moving into it, I mean, we already talked a little bit about Richard O'Brien. I just want to give a shout out, I guess, to the director really quick. Do you want to just clear the air on this? Because he doesn't really have that quite of a a discography or filmography. Give it to me. Yeah, so Jim Sharman, who is the young gentleman, he's Australian, that directed this film. He is renowned for his theater work in Australia. And I think that's how him and O'Brien knew each other because O'Brien is a English, New Zealand actor. And he did the circuit a lot for all the theater. So he got in touch with Jim Sharman and he directed this. He also directed as well the follow-up film, which is Shock Treatment, which I watched for the very first time, everybody. She did. I have not yet. <laughs> you can tell me all about we it. We talked about it. I was just like, you know what? I think, I, I think I'm think i going to watch this. And it was actually not terrible. It wasn't my favorite. It definitely is not my favorite between the two, obviously. But it was very interesting. It follows Janet and Brad as they get older and they are now officially married. And it's this really weird... They trying to make them believe that they're crazy, and it's this whole plot to like get them committed to an insane asylum. It's very weird. I highly <laughs> okay. suggest it, girl. I'm down. It's very. I was gonna strange. watch it, and then yeah. you said you were gonna do it, and I was like, okay, well, just tell me if it's worth my time. Is it worth it's my time? It's worth your time, but it's worth your time. It's worth your time to say I've now seen both of Jim Sharman's films because that's it. <laughs> okay, and then. Well, I guess that's not all he's done. I'm so sorry. I should I should be more respectful. He's done other films, The Night Prowler, The Summer of Secrets. I don't really know any of these films, uh, truth be told. I've never seen any of these. Now I've officially just seen two of his films. That's okay. But I think it's worth it. It's definitely really interesting to be able to say I've seen both Rocky Horror Picture Show and Shock Treatment. Where'd you find it? Where's the streaming? I, I did not. I, it was not streaming. I had to rent it. Ooh. 
I know. But it was fine because I own Rocky Horror Picture Show, so it wasn't really any... It wasn't difficult, and I wasn't really putting out too much money then for this. I mean, I did spend, obviously, for the booze. <laughs> which, speaking of which, I need to make myself my second drink. Are you on second drink yet? Yeah. <laughs> so, just a little shout-out to Jim Sharman. What I found really endearing and really interesting is that... It was said that during the chance during the negotiation of the budget of the film, it was discussed that they weren't going to give as much money as he needed because he was trying to keep all the original cast members and all the original players of the film from the theater to the film. And they weren't about to give him that kind of budget. So he himself took a little bit of a cut just to make sure that they had enough in the budget to pay all the original actors to have them in it. Which just, again, I love when directors do that because it shows how much passion they have for the film and they have for the project. It shows that they rather do talent over money, which is kind of rare. Exactly. (laughs) It is. It's very rare. And that's why you just, you realize that all of these people during this time, specifically 1975, in the theater world this was such a big time it was huge the theater i mean i would have just loved to have been alive during 1975 theater like how great would that be so to have this i know to to have these characters all working together nell campbell little nell patricia quinn like they knew each other going back and forth in the theater and to have them performing especially the creature of the night sequence it's one of my favorite parts is when the girls are like tell Tell us about about it janet tell us about it janet (laughs) i love it and you can just see the playfulness that these women have for each other and it's because they've been working for so long together they did the theater performance now they get to do it on film and you just they do look like a a bunch of cool girls just fucking around with each other in there they do look like good friends you're right exactly and it's funny too because columbia technically just like watched her boyfriend get killed but she's, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. So I'm not, sorry, not sorry, Jim Sharman. We're probably not going to talk about you again because I don't foresee us. But we loved you. Thank you for your contribution. You're awesome. Thank you for changing our lives, man. Legitly. I love, absolutely love this movie. If I ever see it playing somewhere, I'm trying to find someone to go with me. Like, you, what are you doing Friday? There's a midnight showing. Like, thank you. For uh, making millions of people happy over and over again with the same movie mm-hmm. from 1975. Okay, so are you ready for some AKAs? <gasps> yes! <laughs> All right, so AKAs, also known as, is the title of Rocky Horror Picture Show Around the World. Around the world, around the world. If you see... <laughs> I do uh, Every time. Every t- that's fine. Daft Punk is like one of my favorite bands in the world. And so I am happy to sing their songs. I'm sad that they're broken up. If you happen to see on a marquee and it says the Rocky Horror picture, that means that it is a stage version of this and not a version where they have the film playing and they have people reenacting it in front of it. It's a way to tell. Another name that this movie was going by all over the world, obviously Rocky Horror Picture Show or The Rocky Horror Picture Show. But here are some of the funny ones that I found. So if you go to Argentina and you get ready to do the time warp, here is what they call it in Argentina. They call it Horror Madness Orgy. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> which literally is oh, the my movie. God. That, that is like the s- most simplest way to describe this movie is a horror madness orgy. Yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> okay. So if you go to Portugal, this is called the fest. Uh, it's called Festival Rocky del Toro. De Toro. <laughs> so yeah, can that's I have good. One? Can I? Have I one? like Festival that. Rocky de Toro. <laughs> Rocky de Toro. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So if we head on over to Madarasha, this movie would be called Rocky Horror Horror Show. So two horror. Rocky Horror Horror Show. Is it like horror, like H-O-R-E? Rocky the Horror Horror Show? No, horror like as H-O-R-R-O-R. Yeah. Horror Horror. Or like, oh, like horror. Like like the horror horror. No? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds like Russia. <laughs> that sounds right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look so. at that side eye. You get the best side eye. <laughs> So, if we went to Serbia, this movie would be called Roki Horror Show. So, O-R-K-I, Roki. I love that Roki. <laughs> right? That's how you say Roki? I love Roki. Roki Horror, Horror Show. Show. Mm-hmm. That is so cute. Well, thank you, Serbia. Can I have one ticket for Ro- Roki Horror Show, please? And thank you. Roki. <laughs> At the late night... Rookie picture. Rookie show. Oh, that's cute. I like that one. Rookie horror. So if we went to West Germany, this movie would be called Die, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, my God. Die. Just die. die. So, yeah, people in West Germany don't like Rocky. Die. I mean, he doesn't technically die, though. No. Right? He doesn't die. Eddie's the only one that dies. No, Frankenfurter, he dies too. Yeah, he does. You're right, he does. Those are the AKAs. I love Horror Madness Orgy. That's my favorite. <laughs> Can I get one ticket for Horror, horror Madness Yeah, that has to be orgy. my favorite. The Horror Madness Orgy is such a good name. Like, it makes so much sense. <laughs> it tells you everything you need to know about the movie. So, wait, I gotta, title, I gotta right? write these down for my Rotten Tomatoes review. Oh my Remember? god, are you going to do another review? Okay, so I have Die, Rocky, Die, The Horror, Madness, Orgy, that is this film. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Give me other, what are the other AKs? Rookie Horror Show and Rocky Horror Horror Show. Oh yeah, that's right. The Is that racist though? Rookie Horror Show? <laughs> no, I'm just I don't know. Serbia, that, they named it, not us. I know, that's true. Rocky Horror Horror Show. <laughs> Rocky Horror Horror Show. Oh, the horror horror. Oh, the horror horror. While you do that, let's talk about... Let's talk about uh, Susan Sarandon. Oh, my God, please. Please let us talk about Susan Sarandon. That gorgeous woman. This woman went through a lot to be in this movie, and I'm going to tell you about it. So, um, All right. Susan Sarandon is... The first out of eight kids. So she has a big family. She has 40 nieces and nephews. And I bet she's the best auntie like Not. you could possibly ask for. She seems awesome. Uh, she got married quite young to an actor named Chris Sarandon. And 
she grew up on the East Coast, you know, and they lived in New York City. And they, he was an actor, so he went to an audition for this movie called Joe that came out in 1970. And she went along with him and she ended up auditioning and getting the part. He did not get the part. And that was the beginning of our beautiful, sexy ass Susan Sarandon's life, like acting career. Love it. She was scared to sing in this movie. She did not feel like she was a singer. You know, you could tie her to a side of an airplane and have her go somewhere. But like her to sing was very hard for her to do. And I think she did a great job. Uh, the way she sings it is perfect for, you know, that character. She does it cool. I think so, too. Such a great job. So Susan, when she was filming this, they filmed this in England. And the place that they were at was very in bad condition. So it was extremely cold and wet and rainy. And so she ended up catching pneumonia, um, getting sick because they only had like one heater in one room that they would all go into to uh, get warm. She jumped into a Mm -hmm. unheated pool in lingerie in the middle of like October. So like she was not, yeah, you know, in the best shape for this. And after she got sick, she ended up losing about 85 pounds in this, oh in the sense of this. Yeah, because of her getting sick. And so in doing this, she kind of thought about her life. I, I would say before this all, she thought about her life because her career started to pick up around this point, uh, doing TV shows, commercials, and other movies that she felt like she didn't want to be married anymore. So she broke up with her, Chris, her husband, who she still kept his last name, Sarandon. Uh, they're still really good friends. He, When she moved out of their home, he helped move her into her new home. And when she started to do this movie, she uh, ended up dating uh, Brad in this movie in real life. So oh. you see them singing to each other. Just know that they're really like into each other which i thought was super great she also they also wasn't really a bathroom on set and i read that she complained to fox and i feel like because she's a kind of nobody woman they didn't take her seriously and they're like bitch like you know go pee in a bucket i don't know what to tell you like they really didn't like care for the safety of her or the other actors it feels like i think she had an amazing time well i had read that richard o'brien I had read that Richard O'Brien said that she was shaking with a fever and, like, required medical supervision at that point. But Susan Sarandon would not stop acting. Like, she would not stop working because she wanted to be fully committed to doing this. I'm like, she has that kind of work ethic. But it was a really scary time because even Richard O'Brien was like, maybe we should stop. But she said, no, we have to keep going. I mean, I would say no either. I would literally have to have a doctor be like, girl, we are tying you to the bed. Because time is money, and you being yeah. out is going to fuck up everybody's time and money. And this movie already has a very small budget that they don't have time for, like, reshoots and shit like that. So I understand, especially being she was 29, you know, she's like, I'll be fine. You know, it's, it's great. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, she has three children. I feel like she's probably the best mom. She's such a sexy lady like even now that she's like 73 74 she's still a pretty sexy lady oh yeah she didn't start playing grandmothers until like the 2010s and yeah she was a sexy ass fucking grandma 
Mm-hmm. And so I love her. She is a Academy Award winner for the movie Dead Man Walking. And I heard that she keeps her good old Oscar in the bathroom. I think I heard that too. I've heard that too. One. So people can pretend to do their acceptance speech in the mirror of the bathroom, which I totally would do which it. I would too. And and for like if you have some haters that happen to be over for like a party, you know, you're throwing like one of these Hollywood parties and they're haters. They go in the bathroom and they take <laughs> a shit. They have to sit there the whole time looking at your Oscar. Like, fuck that man. Oh stop that. You're so funny. <laughs> Uh, she is the second actress to win an Academy Award portraying a nun I really do love Dead Man Walking I think it's a great movie I think she does a great job I think Sean Penn does a great job I remember watching it Uh as a kid thinking like oh my god this is like this is what happens to them like this is the scariest thing Mm-hmm. You know, she's famous for not only this movie and Dead Men Walking, but Thelma and Louise from 1991. Thelma and Louise. I love her in The, Witch- the Witches of Eastwick. Witches of It's always one of my first memories of her. I love her and hate her in Stepmom. We have had her on the show, but I was not present for that episode. The one episode on this entire show I wasn't on, Jason did Bull Durham, which has Kevin Costner in it. It's why I was not on that show. But if you want to know some more fun facts about her and that movie, I would suggest you to listen to that. Uh, She does voiceover work as well. She does some on Rick and Morty. Yeah, she does do some on Rick and Morty. She's the therapist Mm -hmm. (laughs) for Pickle, the episode of Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. (laughs) Yep. Pickle Rick. She is amazing. I love her in the Banger Sisters. I love her so much. Banger Sisters with Goldie Hawn. With Goldie yes. Hawn. And her daughter. And her daughter. Hope maybe next Christmas we'll do Bad Mom's Christmas because that's actually pretty good. Ah, that's actually a really good yeah, one. Yeah, she was a nice trashy mom in that. Hopefully you guys saw Ryan Murphy's The Feud between Betty and Joan as she did it in that. She played mm-hmm. Betty Davis and I could not think of a better person to play Betty Davis than her. Seriously. Like, honestly, she's truthfully. She's got those... Her and Jessica. Jessica Lang. Oh, that combo of them together was so good. I kind of want to rewatch that. Series. You, I, you just read my mind. I was like, I need to re- rewatch that. But yeah, nobody with bigger, beautiful eyes could play Betty Davis other mm-hmm. than Susan Sarandon. She's true. in Tammy. You guys might have seen her in 2014 in Tammy with Melissa McCartney. She plays her mom. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just been in a lot of things. If you watch movies, you have to have seen her because she just pops up in places. I absolutely, Everywhere. yeah, I absolutely love her. She's in uh, Enchanted. She plays the crazy queen. So we will definitely talk about her again. Oh yeah, she's in, mm-hmm. she's an Alfie. That's right. She plays the hot like older chick. Yep, she's the hot. She's the hot older. The hot older. Alfie. Yeah, that like even that movie that came out in like what like two thousand and four. She was still a beautiful bombshell. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah. We'll talk about her. We'll talk about her again, but I think she's so perfect. She's one of my favorite parts of the the, the show for sure. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that again, that whole scene, creature of the night. She's so great in it. Is that she? Because she's like, <laughs> yeah, Rocky, we're doing this. I love where she's like, <laughs> what did you do with the bread? <laughs> what did you do with the bread? Whoa, And he's like, nothing. Do you think I should? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is a great person in this movie. I love mm-hmm. her. She is so gorgeous. I want to be her. She is a ride or die queer ally 
Yep, forever and always. She has protested in the street. She has made her voice known. And when people ask her about her sexuality, even though she has been married and has children, she says that it's up for grabs. So anybody has a chance with Susan Sarandon, I might put my name in the mix because she is just so cool. I love her. I'm down. (laughs) I am so down. Put me in there, coach. I'm ready. I'm ready to play. Yep. I believe she also is a supporter of Black Lives Matter. She's just a great Mm -hmm. ally uh, who believes in just equality for all. She frequents Bernie Man. She does. (laughs) She's a greatie. She is a rad lady. Yes. She still looks good in her 70s. Like, damn. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. You ready for the real star of the show? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Oh, my God. So the real star of the show would be Frankenfurter's Castle, y'all. Hello. Oh, oh, oh. And obviously, you know, I could not go through this movie without figuring out everything I possibly could about this place. So it is a real place and it's called Oakley Court Castle. And it was built in 1859 by Richard Hall Say and his wife, Ellen. And it was his 14-room estate. And... He was, I don't know what he was, like an ambassador or something. But eventually after he died and his wife died and it passed on to other relatives, they died and it kind of fell into disrepair because nobody really knew what to do with it. Now, this castle was located in Windsor, England. And oh, that's why it was so cold and she was freezing. Oh, my that's God. That's why it was so yeah. cold and damp. It's because she was legit in England where the weather does not mm-hmm. get too warm. Not like it does here in California. <laughs> the Bray Studios was not too far from this castle. So they they would mm. rent it out and use it to film movies and TV shows all through like the 50s, 60s. They, they would build. So a lot of these like B-rated or like horror-esque movies were filmed in this big castle. So you might recognize it in other movies. But by 1974, the roof had collapsed in. And, you know, so when they filmed this movie, like I said, they actually took parts of the roof off, I read, because it had lead in it. Oh, my God. Of course, they had to get rid of it. Yeah. So if you saw, you see the scene where Riff Raff is singing through the window as he's watching them come up to the door. He is yeah. standing on a rotten floor that is exposed. And he's standing on beams as he looks out this window because this castle uh, was so full of decrepit. decrepit that oh, my God. He could have died at any moment, really, like just like, foof, like fell like three stories. <laughs> but oh my god but by 2014 it got some new owners they refurbished it made it all beautiful and now it has 118 rooms on wow. a 35 acre uh, walking path there is a garden there that the kitchen uses so you get fresh ingredients from the garden on the property Stop it. yeah it has a nine hole golf course oh god it has a tennis oh, yeah it has a tennis course it has riding stables it has a pool and you can rent bikes and boats they also have shelves full of complimentary books and board games that you can use while you're there there's a bunch of, i read there's a bunch of cool nooks that you can just like sit in and just look out the window and read which is cool. sound off awesome especially in a place that you know might be kind of cold and drizzly that sounds like a great day yeah 
The rooms go for about $206 a night. Wow. Yeah. They also have packages, like family packets and pet packages. The family packages have, like, activities for the kids, and they get milk and cookies at night. They have pet package, so you could bring your dog. They also have beds and treats for your dogs if you want and you can also add a $30 donation to your bill that they donate to local animal shelters oh how cool is that right i know and it only is 12 miles from hartnar airport in england i don't know if i'm saying it right i've never been there but (laughs) it is on my (laughs) list because all of this thing it looks really beautiful the gargoyles in the front are still there. They were left from the set. They do have a huge clock. It is not the exact same clock, but they do have like a big grandfather clock in the lobby. They have the beautiful staircase. And a lot of things were filmed in here. One thing that you will not see is going to be the elevator because the elevator was not real. It was added for the movie. Ah. So yeah, there is no really cool elevator. It was on hydraulics. So there you go. That's really cool. I didn't realize they pulled that off really well. They did. So that is a little bit of the star of the movie, Castle. I like it. So you two can go and uh, get your time warp on if you want to. It's still around, which when I first started doing research on this, I was kind of thinking that it wasn't going to be around. But it is. And you, it is a beautiful English estate that you can go and uh, hang out at. It's beautiful. Very cool. I'm going to have to check it out. You know, I'm on, on that road looking for those places. Yeah, I'm just saying. We're adding that to the Lights, Camera, Cocktail tour. Cocktails. You got it. I'll write it in the book, baby. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing. That's so fun. Right. Uh, I do have one more fun fact about that. Okay. So we were talking about the grandfather clock, right? Uh-huh. The skeleton inside of it is real, everybody. A lady had commissioned this clock to put her husband in, and they did. (gasps) And somehow they got a hold of this. And so when you see that at the beginning of the movie, know that that is somebody for reals in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't realize. Right? Oh, my God. That's why he doesn't play with it. Yeah, that's why he just (laughs) opens the door. He's not trying to be too disrespectful other than putting it into a movie, I guess. (laughs) Well, cool. Moving right along, uh, why don't we mention the man, Richard O'Brien? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we kind of already, you spoke a little bit about him already, going into detail of how he wrote the show, how it ended up in the- theatrical production, where it started in 1975. Uh, to understand, he is huge in the musical theater scene, in the theater scene. He's a method actor. That's how he really approaches his skill. He started off in the production of ni- of Hair in the 1970s. And he doesn't have any hair That's now. Actually- That's funny. And that's actually when he met in the summer of 1972, he met Jim Sharman, who is the director of the show. Uh, He cast him in the Jesus Christ Superstar at the time. So that's how far back those two and their relationship goes. Like I said, they really knew each other in the theater. Those are two awesome shows. That's great. I know, right? I mean, he's done everything. Everything. He's incredible. I didn't even realize this at the time, but... Girl, he's the bad guy in Ever After who purchases 
Drew Barrymore's character, and she has to like she cuts oh, him in no. the face. That's him. I did not even realize that. I haven't seen that in forever. I, but you're right. I hadn't seen it in forever, and then my friend from the academy redid an entire costume of the dress that Danielle. The Babarak wears, and I'm like, oh my god, I love that movie. I should watch it. And when I was watching it the other night, and I saw that, I was like, oh my god, that's Richard O'Brien. Oh my freaking god. <laughs> so yeah, that was really cool. He's also a huge voice actor. You can hear him on Disney, uh, Phineas yeah. and Ferb, mm-hmm. and uh, Dungeons and Dragons. He's on that. He basically just composed. He wrote. He made this script what it is. He is an incredible performer. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I love the fact that he originally wanted to play the part of Eddie. I'm glad that he played Riff Raff. He mm-hmm. has a great voice. These songs are, like, I don't know how he even came up with these songs. They're really good. I love mm-hmm. it. I love, I mean, I understand I love Eddie because he has, like, the old, like, do-up rock and roll kind of, like, feel yeah. with his song. Mm-hmm. But, like... I, it's, I think it's all, he, he is riff he raff. Is he's so riff raff. He's so good at it. What's funny too is that you know you see all these characters and you see the people who are playing them, and they're different. Like what I was reading in comparison to the theatrical performance, uh, as opposed to the film, like the ve- the very beginning, the double feature mm-hmm. picture show that song, which is so funny and so well known. That actually, in the theatrical version, was sung by Patricia Quinn, who is our magenta in the film. But when it became the film, they had Richard O'Brien singing double feature picture show. And those are magenta's lips. Those are her uh, lips. That are mouthing the song. Yeah. So I always thought that was really cool that that's his voice. And you wouldn't expect it at first, but that is how well he is able to manipulate the characters that he plays and the way he he performs he's such a performer it's beautiful yeah i agree i am a huge fan i also have my vinyl here of rocky horror picture show this is (gasps) this is there it is a live version the original roxy cast that's what this version is that i have so we do have tim curry in here look at that (laughs) Look at him. This is Tim Curry's theatrical film, feature film debut is this movie. It is. And boy, did he make a mark on the world. So I am on the lookout for the soundtrack to the movie, but I am very blessed to have the original Roxy cast, which I think is great. Yeah, he does a great job. Like you said, he's still part of the theater community. Mm -hmm. He talks about this whenever he can. You will see him show up at Rocky Horror anniversary shows or like I don't know like Comic-Con kind of festivals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you'll you'll you might get a chance to meet him and if you do tell him that we love this movie. <laughs> and it's hard too cuz what's what's really genuinely amazing about this human is that he wrote this script wanting to challenge gender roles obviously and wanted to make that a discussion that really wasn't so prevalent to be comfortable in the 1975 which then was perceived as this like crazy wild different type of community of people and like look at this crazy weird film like oh I don't get it and you realize now and reading all the articles that have come out since and 
learning and talking to other people about it. Like this was honestly during a time when he was finding himself very confused about his own gender roles in life and what it it meant to him to be transgendered. And I mean, there's so much controversy within the community about where where this all lies in the history of it. And I think that what Richard O'Brien didn't realize is that even though he made this movie and didn't know how to fully identify who he was or who, you know, what they were doing, it's amazing that so many people see it and just can and feel and understand and be accepted and feel like being a part of something when they're watching this film. Yeah, he he didn't realize that men and women would identify with this so strongly. Uh, queer people yeah. and straight people alike find a bond in this movie, and he changed he changed the world. It's kind of crazy. Like I know that's like mm, that's big to say because a lot of people haven't seen this movie because it's old or aren't in the scene. But like this this movie changed the way we do a lot of different things in the industry and it's awesome i appreciate this movie and i love it you want a fun fact give me a fun fact here's my fun fact so the group the sex pistols got their look Mm -hmm. from this movie so like frankenfurter and his leather jacket with all the buttons on it Uh um eddie and his leather jacket kind of shaped the way the that band started dressing and i think that is fucking awesome there is a rumor that the red lips inspired the rolling stones logo oh cool but i looked to see when the first time the rolling stones logo was ever used and it was used in 1970 1971 so i don't believe Uh, that it is used yeah but i always thought that they were similar so that's that's a cool Mm -hmm. one yeah okay so talking about tim curry again he okay. literally is known for this movie mainly. Most people in this cast, minus I would say Susan Sarandon, is known for this movie. And so Tim Curry said that he one time went to a screening of this movie and they would not let him in because they thought he was just like a Tim Curry like fake. He's like, nah. Oh, no. He's like, nah, girl. This, I'm real. Like, this is really me. And they're like, nah. And they like wouldn't let him in. I mean, this movie reached the highest of the heights. He met mm-hmm. Princess Diana and Prince Charles, and mm-hmm. Prince Charles was just like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And like, it was cool. But Princess Diana was like, I love your movie. It is so good. <laughs> like, she was such a huge, a huge fan of his, and I think that that made him. That's so cute like it at least parts of the royal family liked it so that's pretty cool yeah (laughs) surprise surprise um (laughs) this house in general just made a lot of difficulties for things they had to like build parts of it that was the falling apart and like i said it was super Mm. cold people were super sick some people were not used to wearing high heels and found themselves stepping on each other's feet <laughs> uh, Barry, oh. he he definitely looked like he was having trouble walking in his heels, but and so him and Susan Sarandon kept stepping on each other's. Feet. <laughs> you want to hear a fun fact? I do. Uh, speaking of Tim Curry, because I just love Tim Curry mm-hmm. so much. So there's the one part when he's up and he's in his lingerie and he's got his leather jacket on and he's flapping the whip because uh, Riff Raff had been 
torturing and tickling Rocky, so he busts out of his handcuffs and, like, ran off or whatever. What's crazy is that Tim Curry was actually using a real weapon, was cracking it against the flooring right in front of Richard O'Brien, the character of Riff Raff, and at one point got really too close and actually hit O'Brien. And you can see... The reaction. It's one of my favorite, like, reel-to-moments. You can see him go... Like, grit really hard. Getting ripped has like, oh, got shit, a... that really hit. Yeah, that... that really fucking hit. Getting ripped has got to hurt. Like, oh. I know, right? I know. I'd be like, so I was like, oh, damn. So, that's bad. I bet Tim Curry was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Are you okay? I got another fun fact for you. Okay. So, in building the sets for this movie, they kind of went off of the sets for this the stage. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about working in the theater, very rarely do you actually add a door. You don't. You really just kind of walk mm-hmm. in from the wings. That's the door. Sometimes you add a door because you need it for effect or whatever. But most likely there's not going to be a door. So in this movie, when they started doing the sets, they didn't add doors. So the scene where you see Dr. Scott's wheelchair being pulled by the magnet all around the fucking house even around the girls room and up the stairs and everywhere Mm -hmm. they did that because they didn't have doors and they didn't realize how they were going to get him into the lab and that is why dr scott busts through the wall into the lab is because there was no doors for him to like roll into Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> and I like it because like Magenta and Riff Raff like walk through yeah. it too afterwards. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd this hole come oh from? <laughs> I didn't realize. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning where we see the Fox logo, this is the first time that Fox allowed anyone to read through their theme song. So this theme song is the very first remix of it. Ah. Uh. So think about that the next time you see it. Other movies do it. The one that comes to mind right now is the Simpson movie where they have Ralph like, and he's like doing it and everything. So like they have over time changed it. But for the very first time of them ever doing a like remix of it was this movie. Wow. Fox was not really into doing this movie anyway. Like they kind of didn't really see it and they saw it more as a B-rated movie. That's why they didn't give them too much money. They had a couple conditions on it. So for Fox to do the movie at all, they had to make Brad and Janet Americans because initially they're English because this is where the play was originally done. Um, (laughs) But Fox being American and being Americans either speak American or die They decided that, you know, the only way that people in the States would, you know, gravitate to this movie is if they had some Americans in it. So that is why we have Brad and Janet uh, without accents. Americans. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Rocky real quick while we're here. He's Rocky, who was played by Peter Henwood. He doesn't have too many titles on his list. He literally has about four. And this is his third movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. He does not do the singing in this movie. It was done by an Australian singer, so that is not his voice, oh, which I always okay. thought was his voice was always, always a little off. A little off, right? Yeah. And so that is why I didn't know that until this week. Uh, he retired from acting shortly after doing this movie because he felt like he was not a good actor. He's like, I can't act. I don't know what I'm doing here. 
he's just a good-looking guy who feel like he couldn't act, so he retired from the business after doing this movie. He wouldn't do any publicity for this movie because he thought he sucked. Aww. Rocky, I understand you think you might suck a little bit, but you're like a newborn, so everything you were doing was very newborny. The way you were walking, the way you talk, you're acting like a kid. You did, you pulled it off. I get it. Yeah. Um, he had to place a plug in his belly button. So that it wouldn't look like he had a belly button because he is not born naturally. He's born from a tank. That's hilarious. What a what an interesting little... A little tidbit to put in there, huh? Yeah. I'm actually looking at him of pictures of him now. It's totally different. He looks different? Yeah. Well, it was over 40 years ago, so I can get that. Yeah. Also, like, the wig that they use is just, like, not very... It's a weird wig. I mean... It's a very weird wig. Must have been, like, the look of the 70s. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not into guys with muscles. I didn't make him for you. I didn't make him for you. I didn't you. make him for you. I <laughs> <laughs> bet. Made him for me. Made him for me. Because <laughs> in just seven days... I can make you a man. Yes. You want to move on to Brad? Sure. Barry Boswick. Barry Boswick. So Barry Boswick plays Brad in this movie. And Mm -hmm. he is hilarious. He is funny in just like real life or just... I don't know him, but like interviews that I've seen, other shows and movies that he's been a part of, he's a very funny guy and he's very talented, like way more than yeah, you could is. possibly think. He is an Antoinette Perry Award winner, aka he has a Tony. Uh, and when Tony I was award? when I was looking <laughs> at his his stats, it did say it said Antoinette Perry Award. And I was like, I know what that is, bitch. So he won a Tony for the robbers. Bridegroom in 1977, uh, his for Best Actor. He is also first to play Danny Zuko in the show Grease, huh. uh, along with John Travolta, who was played a bit part in the show, in the touring show with him. Uh, That's so funny. Yeah, and he was nominated for Grease as well, and for okay. uh, They Knew What They Wanted. He was nominated for those, so he is quite honored in the theater world and like i always think of him from spin city i honestly to be totally honest with you mayor randall winston yeah that's what i think of him too we used to watch that show a lot my mom loved michael j fox i didn't watch it religiously but i would catch it when it was on and he is hilarious in it i saw a video of him (laughs) i saw quite a few but i sent one to lenny of him singing and dancing with a bunch of like 80s workout girls on a stage Mm -hmm. and he was he was doing good i was like okay okay he's a very funny guy in his interviews and you will definitely see him at like one of the rocky horror conventions or anniversary shows and usually if he has a booth you too can buy your own brad whitey tinies that he oh, will that he will sign personally for you and have it say whatever you want and you could buy your own underwear from him. So the next funny. time the world's open and they have one and you see him, buy me some panties, please, because I would like some <laughs> of his underwear with his with said something on it. I don't know, but I think that is a very cute and niche thing to do, to do. <laughs> I like that. That is really funny. 
He does a great job. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when everyone catches Janet and Rocky having sex. And he's like, Janet! He's like, Brad! Dr. Scott! Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Brad! Rocker! Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Rocker. And he's like, Rocky! And Rocky doesn't say anything. He just looks over. And they all keep doing it again. And he's like, Rocky! And he just looks over. It gets me every <laughs> fucking time. It's so good. Janet! Brad! Dr. Scott! Rocky! Rocky. He's like, he just flips his head at him. It's hilarious. Brad. Say, do any of you guys know how to Madison? Does anybody know how to Madison? <laughs> Say something, Brad. <laughs> Does anyone know how to Madison? Oh, I I love where he's like, maybe they'll do some more folk dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. And like I said, they were dating while they were making this movie. So I think that is great. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know how Very you know how show showmances go. They don't last too too long. Yeah. Unless you're like Tom Hanks and his wife. (laughs) His wife. She has a name. Yeah, she's Mrs. Tom Hanks. No. She's not. She's her own woman. She is her own woman. I'm just playing with you. I know you are. I know how much you love her, too. So moving on from Brad. We'll talk about Brad some other time, I'm sure. I'm sure. Any more? No. Did you have any more? That's it. So moving right along, we can't, we cannot talk about this movie and not talk about little Nell who is Columbia in the movie. She's so rad and she's so cool. She's literally she's... you. I always think that that's who you would be in the show. <laughs> when I was walking down the street just to have a thing when the snake of a guy me an gave evil an evil wink. wink. She had... He shook me up. It took me by surprise. She had a pickup pick truck, truck in that devil's and eye. devil's eye. Stared at me and I felt a change. Yeah. Time and nothing never would again. She was very huge. I mean, still, I mean, she's not past. She's really big Australian Mm -hmm. actress. She's really well known for a lot of theatrical performances. But she also does heavy film and television in Australia. Yeah. And in the UK. She does make an appearance in Shock Treatment as the nurse. She also has done other films not completely notable that you would know. I mean, she's in Pink Floyd's The Wall as a groupie, and she's in Great Expectations. That, to me, I I really didn't... I have to say a lot of the other things that she's been in I haven't seen personally but i think she's just so funny she's so hilarious she has this way about her she got her nickname little nell after she was in the show charles dickens the old curiosity shop and it's just stuck with her her whole entire life she's a huge singer she's also owns her own nightclub in australia which is really cool yeah so maybe maybe we'll uh, show up there someday add it to the list Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not in Australia. It's um, in Manhattan. Oh, so that one's more plausible for us to go. Yeah. Thank you for... She has, like, one of my favorite costumes in the whole show. Seriously. The top hat. Her outfits in general are so great. The sparkly top hat, oh. her Mickey Mouse ears, that, oh, the corset, that rainbow corset. rainbow corset, corset and the shorts. Oh, yeah. so cute. And her look is just so iconic for this film. Yeah, 
And, I mean, she originated this character. She originated playing this in theater as well as on the in the film. So no one does it like little Nell does. She, It's true. Another thing is this movie was a Fox movie when it was made. And so mm-hmm. having her have her Disney ears on was a little bit of a controversy. But after 2017, after Disney bought Fox, now this movie is a Disney movie, you guys. Think about it like that. Ah, that's really cool. That's really cool. This movie's a Disney movie. Apparently, I believe that there was an... I, I watched an interview with Susan Sarandon that says that a lot of the original actors still don't get royalties, though. Yeah. I guess that wasn't in the contract of the original, but none of the uh, big actors get royalties from any of the DVD sales, from anything. So that's a kind of a bummer. It's 1975 or whenever this came out. So there were no DVDs or VHSs. Oh, you know? But nowadays. But nowadays there is. Mm -hmm. I feel like they should at least get some royalties on the soundtrack. Like, because that's. Right? That's music and that's totally different. But. That sucks. They don't get real. Yeah. Yeah, really sucks. She doesn't like to talk about it. Apparently she really doesn't like to talk about it. Actually, Tim Curry, for a long time, didn't like to talk about this film. Yeah. Because he would say that he was getting a lot of fans, psychotic fans, that would chase him down and run after him and, and would throw lingerie at him, apparently, in the streets. <laughs> and That was me. He has all these, like... <laughs> He has all these incredible, terrifying horror stories, and it's sad. He said he went through a very big depression after this film and gained some weight and, you know, what didn't want to perform, but that a friend helped him through it, and, you know, now he feels more comfortable and more confident in talking about the film. And, and those psychos are older now. And then you just got us young psychos. You don't really... We'll just stalk you on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Patricia Quinn, who, <gasps> oh, who plays Magenta, Magenta, which is, if I can't be Frankenfurter in a show, Magenta is who I would like to be. She's awesome. Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> but I'm going out for Frankenfurter, bitch. I think I deserve it. <laughs> and I'm going to win that blue ribbon. <laughs> and I'm going to win that blue ribbon. <laughs> um, so Patricia Quinn. Like mm-hmm. you said, she is the red lips that sing the song at the beginning, but O'Brien is the one who actually sings it. She originated the song on the stage, so she is the original person to sing that song. She mm-hmm. almost didn't do the movie because she was told that she wasn't going to be able to sing the song, and that's her favorite song in the whole movie. So she was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Never mind, I don't want to do it. And they're like, okay, well, why don't you just like come over here to the set real quick and let's just like kind of show you stuff. She saw the costumes and the sets and the motorcycles, and she was like, you know what? I want to be a part of this. Never mind. Yeah. And then eventually she asked, like, well, then who's singing the song? And O'Brien's like, uh, me. And she's like, you son of a bitch. Oh, no. But, you know, if you're going to lose out to singing the song, you might as well lose off to singing it to the person who wrote it. He wrote it. Exactly. Uh, so in order to do that shot, that famous, famous shot, they had to paint her entire face black and her lips red, and they had to have her sing into the camera. Now, when you sing or talk, you usually move around, and it was moving her lips out of the tight shot frame. So they had to like clamp her head, 
still and oh she God. had to sing it like that uh she jokes and says that at the time she was going through a divorce and her husband kept calling her talking about like wanting to get a divorce and she's like look tell him i can't talk right now because my head's in a clamp okay like tell him i'll call him later um <laughs> and it, so she did it it turned out awesome and uh with 2020 hindsight she looks back at it and thinks like it was a good decision to have him singing it and me lip singing patricia quinn has popped up recently in the news in the past year due to a drag queen called aiden zane who was on rupaul's drag race and during the snatch game decided to do patricia quinn and not magenta patricia quinn but patricia quinn and like the patricia yeah quinn. did her uh, apparently her and Aiden had met or had spent some time together. So she felt like she could portray her really well. And she did not. She was very bad. She did not have an English accent. And she was just a hot, hot mess. Which I can see that the real Patricia Quinn has some hot messness in her. But yeah. she like over, over exaggerated it to the point where... You know, she gets called out by so many people online, especially Patricia Quinn, who at first was excited to know that some queen was doing her until she actually saw it and was very upset about it. Yeah. So, yeah, for my drag queen people. RuPaul's Drag Race. May the best woman, best woman win. Uh, So Quinn was one of the very first Playboy Bunnies at the Playboy Bunny Club in London. She worked there for three months before she left to the Drama Center in London in 1963. And Mm -hmm. she was married quite young. Like I said, she was going through a divorce during this time period. She is not the only famous person in her family, I found out, that her nephew... Oh, really? Yeah, her nephew is drummer Johnny Quinn from the band Snow Patrol. So if you are a Snow Patrol fan... What's Snow Patrol? Have I heard a hit from Snow Patrol, maybe? I don't know. I've heard the band. I thought you knew who they were. They're some white band. Ah, I just know every white band. You do, except Snow Patrol. I do. All right, go back. I guess. Here, look up a song. I feel like we do know one. Hold on. I'm looking it up now. Snow Patrol. Oh, it's hit single, Chasing Cars. If I lay here, that's what it is. If I just lay here. If I just stay here. Oh. Would you lie with me or just forget the world? That's him. That's it? Yeah, that's Snow Patrol. They used to play that song on, like, Grey's Anatomy, and that's what I think of, like, a Grey's Anatomy. Anyway, so, yeah. Ah! She is also related to a rock star. Interesting. Uh, she said that she had a lot of bruises after making this movie from humping the set. <laughs> Just, well, they do a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit. Up, they do. A little bit about little Patricia little. Quinn. Magenta. Coolio. Magenta. I got one more person to talk about and I'm done. So let's not forget Meatloaf, y'all. So. Yeah, baby. Meatloaf plays Eddie. Eddie, Teddy said he didn't like his Teddy. You know, he was a no good kid. So before being in the show, he was a struggling artist, being in plays and starting his music. I feel like you definitely out there in the world have heard a Meatloaf song that wasn't from this movie. Even if you're not a fan of his, 
I became a fan after watching him in this movie. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but... But I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. What's the one he sings with, with uh, Celine Dion? I fucking love it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sorry. So he was not Meatloaf Meatloaf uh, famously in this movie until after this movie came out. That is not him riding the motorcycle, you guys. That is a stuntman. But the stuntman, after coming out and going over the set, fell and broke his leg. So he Ooh. couldn't really use uh, him to ride the motorcycle because he had broke his leg. So they were very smart on the way that they did it to have Meatloaf look like he's riding it. They got a wheelchair. They hooked some handlebars and like a front glass to it, put the camera behind him or in front of him and pushed him around like he was on the motorcycle. Wow. So that's how we get that scene, which I love. I think that's a great uh, way to fix that. It's all coming back. It's all coming back, back to, to me, me now. now. That's it. There we go. There were moments of gold and there were Listen flashes of light. <laughs> there were things I'd never do again. <laughs> they <laughs> always <laughs> seem right. <laughs> there were nights of endless pleasure. <laughs> it was something that I doubted. Where's my lighter? Baby, baby, when, when you touch, touch me, me like, like this, this and you touch and me like that, that, I just have to admit that it's that all it's coming all back, back to, me. to me. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, that's him singing that song with her. Uh huh. I believe it's. I love that song. I believe he wrote the song, and he there's like a version where it's just him singing it. But I love their duet together. Their voices are amazing. Yeah, well. Celine Dion is amazing. I mean, yeah. Uh, Meatloaf is very... He reminds me of like kind of like a like queen because he's very theatrical in the way that he's singing. He's very theatrical. You know? Oh, I feel like all his videos mm-hmm. are in a, a dark castle. <laughs> 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 he just could not get out of this like genre. He's like, you know what? Every video, dark castle. I'm going to walk through these halls <laughs> while the windows are open. Not me a dark castle. <laughs> There's just people all over the world looking for Dark Castle. Dark Castle. Like, did you find that Dark Castle? He won't come out with another song until we find another Dark Castle. Please, somebody help us. Somebody help us. I find a Dark Castle. Uh, Meatloaf still has his Eddie jacket. So he still has that leather jacket in his possession. Nice. Which I love because it would have just been lost. It's classic. It's a classic. This is just, you know, film history that you could just keep in his closet. So Back in the days when you could just keep props and now they keep them all. Now they keep them all. You want to hear a fun fact? Okay, I got to One of my favorite parts that involves Meatloaf in the movie is at the very end when Dr. Frankenfurter is hosting the big dinner. And he decides, and he lets the guests know, it's like, oh, hey, by the way. And he, like, shows off that they're eating Eddie. That was actual true responses for most of the actors because there was only three people on set that day that actually knew that that was going to be the big reveal. And that was Tim Curry, Richard O'Brien, and Meatloaf. (laughs) And uh, honestly, Susan Sarandon was horrified, she said, when she saw that at first. She's like, oh, my God, and, like, freaked out for a second. And then, of course, they all realize it's just, you know, a theatrical movie moment. But, Yeah. yeah, everyone was pretty shocked that it was going to take that carnivorous cannibal turn for the worst and it becomes very gross that's funny they wanted to make the horror genuine i mean what are you gonna do i love when you get a genuine reaction out of your cast yeah me too do you know what was added to the movie that wasn't on the stage show 
The Time Warp Girl. This yeah. was not on the original soundtrack or the script. So they added it just to fill it out and to keep the energy going and to also cool. show off uh, show off Columbia's tapping skills. So little Nell got to show off her tapping skills yeah. because he added it, this song into the movie. And I love her little dance break. She like danced so much that she falls. She's like, oh shit. Let's do the time. No, she nails it. Let's do the time warp again. Let's do the time warp again. There were some people that wanted to be in this movie. Someone who really, really wanted to be in this movie and play a character was Mick Jagger. Oh, yeah. Do you know what character he wanted to play? Frank Fritter. Frank Fritter. Exactly. I think he would have been an okay so one. Did, I think so, too. I read that David Bowie Ooh. also coveted to be in the role. I wish. He would have been Fritter. fun. I know. Those songs would have been fire. I mean, not that they're mm-hmm. not, but still. And another star who auditioned, who wanted to play a character, was Steve Martin. Stop it. The Steve Martin? No way. Who would he play? Brad? Brad. That's what we wanted. Ah! Stop it! Which I could have seen. That would have been a really good... I could have seen that. I really could have. I could have seen that. Was this... I mean, when's, when did The Jerk come out? In the late 70s. So this would have been around the same time. Because yeah. I always think... Whenever I think of uh, Steve Martin during this time, I always think of him and The Jerk with Bernadette Peters because it's one of my favorite comedic moments between the two of them. You got anything else? No, I feel like we hit them all. You guys, I know that we missed some stuff, but there was a million and one. There's fun a million facts and on one things. One. Yeah. So we tried. There's a lot to talk about that most people probably are already talking about or it's out there, but maybe we'll make some videos and we'll let people know all the really cool stuff. Maybe. We'll see. What's your Z for the Pippa? So for this movie and in honor of Pride Month, which we are Mm -hmm. celebrating, I found the LGBTQ Foundation. And this one is located in England. I thought that it was appropriate for uh, where this movie started from. Mm -hmm. And this movie was or this foundation was established in 19. 75, the same exact year that Rocky Horror Picture Show hit our screens for the very first time. So this foundation exists to support the needs of a diverse range of people who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or trans. And we believe in fair equality society for all LGBTQ people. They do a lot of things by helping people get tested you and your partner get tested they give out free condoms they do mental health check-ins where you can talk to a counselor or someone if you need any help they also will help you if you are on the street and addicted to drugs they can help find you a rehab center or something for you to get back on your feet but really this community is just trying to help the rainbow crew out there and make sure that they have all the things that they need to succeed in the world because we do need more of your guys' stories for us to do next year. We need to hear what you need, you want to do uh, in the world. And I think this foundation is a great one. They do pop-up services. They do full health screenings for 
uh, HIV testing and all of those things. And they donate money and buildings to places. They're just a really good group that has been around for over 40 years in England. So, um, wow. I w- they've really established themselves. They really established themselves. They, they've been helping people longer than almost anybody. So That's I amazing. say donate your time, donate your money, even if you are a mm-hmm. American or Australian or someone that's not in England. It's always good to help out someone somewhere else because... Our foreign brothers and sisters and thems, yeah. Yeah. So go to lgbt.foundation.net and uh, donate your time, donate your money. And that's my Z for the people. Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, we did it. We did it. We made it. We made it. So you want to tell everybody where they can find It's just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. You can find any of our episodes on anywhere you listen to your podcast. That's FM Player, Spotify, Podbeam, any of those platforms, many, many more. Check us out. We are there. You can check out our Instagram, our Twitter, and our TikTok. And that's where we'll be always shouting out, shooting out all this really fun, exciting info, letting us know where you are want to hear from us you can send us an email at lights camera cocktail no get the s out of here at gmail.com where you can send zenobia all those filthy nasty naughty close encounters with hollywood stars that she loves to read i do want to hear about those ones yeah (laughs) send send in your one night stands with a star (laughs) and i love hearing those movie recommendations and those drink recommendations people they're awesome And we love hearing from you guys. We love talking to the community. We love sharing our love for film and soundtracks, which is why we do what we... Oh, and cocktails, of course. Of course. Because that's what we do here. That's what we do. And I love you. Thank you for drinking with me tonight and talking. Thank you for drinking with me and talking. All right. Well, everybody, strap in for a real doozy of a movie next week for our Pride movie. We are doing... Party monster! Party monster! Party monster! Yeah. So tune in, especially if you love true crime, because this one is a true crime story, and we get to talk about growing up Macaulay Culkin. So I'm kind of excited. Perfect. Okay. Well, everybody, we made it. We did it. It's hot. We get out of here. We will be back next week for another episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Oh, yeah. Why did you do that? They liked you. They didn't like me. They never liked me. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good.